0: Does that say it well? I think it says it so well. I love that males are one nil already in the service this morning. (laughs) Nailed it. (laughs) You just made us equal again with that joke. All right, well, we're talking about men and women, male and female, husband and wife, and uh, our differences, and we're talking about the topic of how do we embrace each other today? And I tell you, marriage is on our mind, isn't it? Oh, we, wow. We went to a wedding on Friday, on Saturday, and we're speaking about marriage today. So, uh, it's, been a big weekend. so it's been a big weekend. And we're talking about, we're talking about weddings and, and, and marriage. Um, I don't know if you understand it or recognize it, but men know? and women are different. Did you really? know that?
1: Really? I think we're, that emphasise that, that a little bit. That's
0: very true. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking about it just at the beginning, beginning of the week. Can you imagine if everybody was a, a man in the world? What would the world look like? I'm actually interested. Not pretty. Not pretty. Smelly. Smelly. A lot of coin slots
1: oh. everywhere.
0: Is that too far? Oh. A lot of very aggressive. A lot of rugby league, maybe. No soccer. So we got talking about this. No soccer. No AFL. So we got talking about this.
1: Mm, I don't care. Whatever.
0: (laughs) And we said there are a lot of uh, similarities and differences and Jess did a bit of research on this.
1: I found some things on Google. Can I have a look, Josh? Uh, Some of them are a little bit hard to see. This one. Mission. Go to Gap store. Buy a pair of pants. Do you see the male line? It's the blue one. See the red line? That's how women go to the Gap to buy a pair of pants. $876 $876 later, it's been a great day.
0: That is exactly true.
1: That is a fabulous day. The women didn't even get to the gap. Didn't they get to gap on that picture?
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, next one.
1: Next one. Oh, behind. Um, man, women. Carl, they think they won this one, but I think the women's would be much more beautiful because there's all sorts of dials to help get there, don't you think? Yeah. A man's day, a woman's day. Much more interesting, us women. Much more interesting.
0: A lot simpler for the blokes, right? It's
1: boring. Next one. Oh, this is boring. I shouldn't have put that in.
0: <laughs> what is I this thought? one? It's
1: us colours. Like we'll see magenta. Do you know, even know magenta? Oh, it is? I
0: see. Aqua. All right, you understand what's going on? Sorry, uh, don't worry. Move on. Out.
1: All right, no, put it back. Go, go. Um, this one with the gender translator there in the middle. The, the woman saying, "You left dishes in the living room. The garage is a mess. But you never listen to my opinions. And half the time, you don't even look at me when we talk." And the gender translator says, "She says you didn't notice her haircut." So true. True. So true. This is true. Is that not true? When that is so true. I don't Men's even see any like,
0: difference in those two right, pictures. Yeah. Actually, I don't know what you're talking about.
1: This is very true, what women pack and when men pack. And we're going away in two months, I've already started packing, not him.
0: Absolutely, all right. (laughs) Differences, look, we're all different and that's what we wanna push into today. No matter where you stand on uh, women's rights or men's rights or different sex roles, you know, we do need each other. Uh, We're designed to need each other. That's what we're gonna talk about. One thing I wanted to highlight is uh, worked really well first is just people either texting in with a comment or a question. So we've got a, a number up on the screen here.
1: I think we're
0: going to need the phone. Yes, do you <laughs> mind grabbing that? I left that. it down the bottom. Um, this number would be worth putting into your phone if, uh, even if you don't have a question today. It's the number that we've used for years now and uh, if you ever do have a question you can just text it in. So put church mobile or whatever you want to put in there. But certainly today, text in with any questions and it helps us just get some interaction or maybe some thoughts we can learn from each other. Over to you.
1: So we've got a few thoughts to share on uh, gender roles and uh, differences between each other. And then we've got some practical things towards the end. So, you know, when we get married, we touched on this a little bit last week, but we enter marriage with all sorts of different thoughts and ideas depending on family of origin, where you've come from, how you grew up, what the culture was, um, as you were in your formative years, you bring all that into marriage, as well as just the culture in which we live, that informs a lot of how we think. And of course, um, you know, that has a lot to say about what men should do and what women should do and how we should interact. But what I know to be true is that I am created by a loving God and it, uh, he is generous and he is kind and he is patient and he is loving. And uh, he has proved that over many, many years. And I know he has created me very intentionally. And when he has, what he has given me and, and women and men through creating us is a very well designed and thought through gift. Our gender, who we are as men and women, is a gift from God. And so if I trust him, if I trust that he is good and he is loving, then I think we should delve into his design for us. Um, He's created us for a reason and what that is. I need to trust that he is good and he wants our best. So we're going to start by looking at a passage we've looked at throughout this series from Ephesians 5, 21 to 24. It's a controversial passage and we're going to talk a little bit about it. So verse 21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is talking about marriage. It's talking about how men and women need to submit to each other. What does this look like, though? So Paul goes on to say, Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So you'll know that passage, very talked about, very much, you know, can make women cringe when we start talking about this passage, can make men go, yeah, and has been used over the years um, often from males to dominate and disempower and even abuse women. So it's a passage of scripture that really is quite controversial. So what are we to do with this scripture?
0: And it can make some men groan too.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. So...
0: Well, I just mean, you know, that yeah there's a there's a lot of blokes out there that aren't you know in for the domination you yeah know? right yep. of
1: course so different responses to this yep. passage it's one that's not really well understood what are we to do with this scripture so we come from a faith that we know is beautiful our god that is loving and and christianity and the bible and god's word has a lot to say on the issue of equality for men and women but it seems in this passage just take us right back to the dark ages Um, where, you know, men have this authoritarian rule and and women are just submissive and, and meek. So, you know, what is that all about? Well, first up, I believe that, again, the Bible and Christianity has done more for the equality of women than anything else on this earth. It has changed culture, it has changed history over time and continues to do so. It may not seem like it when we read scriptures like that, but in more than one place, you know, God really is. He he raises up women to um, to be equal with men. And you might think that passage at first is archaic, but it actually was quite radical for the day. Back in Jesus' day, it was very much men were dominant and, and women had to submit to men. So for that passage to say, submit to each other, submit to one another, that was unheard of in that day for... For men to submit to women, that was a, a very new concept—one they hadn't heard of before. And obviously, Jesus brought that through, you know, his life and and his ministry. And Paul was just reinforcing it. But to submit to each other because we're equal, we love each other, and we serve each other, was unheard of. It brought great equality. And to this day, it's something that our Christians and the church still fight for. And if we go back to Genesis, we do see this equality in action. We see that men and women it's very clear we're created in absolute equality both are made in the image of god both are given dominion over the earth and the creatures both are called to build civilization and culture to um, participate in art and science to build families and communities but it is very clear that god knew not one sex could do it all we needed to work together he designed us both to be partners in that God sees Adam all alone and he says, this is not good. The first time he said not good was when he saw Adam all alone. He needed a partner. So men and women are both needed, but we do have different roles in marriage. So I want to focus on two scriptures that really kind of help nut out what is the role of the wife. Firstly, in Genesis 2.18, it says, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So when we hear that word helper, it brings up different thoughts in our minds. And often we think, well, helping is probably just assisting someone to do a task, which they could probably do pretty well by themselves, but we're just kind of coming alongside to support or whatever. But actually, that translation is, is not a great one. The Hebrew word, the original word, was the word ezer. And ezer in the Bible is used to describe God in quite a few instances. It's also used to describe military help, military reinforcement without which the battle that they're fighting would have been lost. Yeah. So it's a really strong word, this "ezer," this, this helper word. So in our con- context, we can think about someone assisting someone else um, by bringing our strengths along to help make up what's lacking in that person with our strength. So really, it may be a better way to describe that word helper is to put the word strong in front of it, to be a strong helper. And in the book that we've been promoting, The Meaning of Marriage, it talks about this really well. I really enjoyed reading their idea on Genesis chapter 2. It talks about how the piece of the man was removed to create the woman, and that implies that each really was incomplete without the other. This is what the book says. Male and female are like opposite to one another. They're like two pieces of a puzzle that fit together because they're not exactly alike nor randomly different. But they're differentiated such that together they can create a complete whole. Each sex is gifted for different steps in the same great dance. So that's that word helper. We're made to complement and to fit together. But secondly, let's go back to the passage in Ephesians where it talks about submission. Now It talks about submitting to one another and then Paul goes on to say, but wives submit to your husbands. Why is it specifically aimed at wives? And I think it's because God knows that it's just an area that we can be weak in, that he needed to really define a little bit more for us. There's something in us through experiences, uh, life, our culture, whatever it might be, that really um, wants to control, that wants to um, have some dominance, make sure that we're looked after, make sure that we're okay, which is a, you know, quite a natural response. But God is warning us here that that may not actually be the best way to have a marriage relationship, to fight for that dominance and that control. That's not actually how he's designed us. It's not for our ultimate good. And so I think that can stem from a subconscious fear that we won't be looked after. And and really for me, because I have struggled with this, it was about me not trusting God properly, not trusting that he loves me and he takes care of me, always, he's always for me, never against me. So if he's designed me a certain way and if he's giving me instructions in the word about doing certain things and it's for my own good and I need to trust that even if I don't completely understand it but he knows that we'll reap great rewards when we follow his pattern so if it's still a bit hard to grasp and uh, understand all this let's look at Philippians which I love I love the book of Philippians I always have and chapter 2 particularly highlights what Jesus did for us and it, um, verses 5 to 11, it celebrates the fact that Jesus was equal with God, totally equal with God, up there in heaven, Trinity, fabulous relationship. But he emptied himself of his glory to come to earth and be a servant to the earth. Jesus should be sh- a servant to God. He shed his divine privileges that he had up here, and he took on the role of a submissive servant. So the son deferred to the father, and voluntarily gave him this gift of submission. And then the father accepted that gift and then exalted Jesus to the highest place. So love and honor were given by Jesus, but then love and honor were given by God when he exalted Jesus to the highest place. And this is the relationship that God calls us to model in our marriage. This whole serving, giving, taking, loving, honoring each other. That is the role that we are to model. And that is kind of of countercultural. yeah, and
0: so is Jesus weak for doing what he did? You know, if you want to be real about it, is, is he soft for doing what he did, or did that and to take incredible strength to right. to submit in that in that role? And then the father lifts up, lifts up the the son, the husband can lift up the wife. Right, it's a great parallel. Yep. It's beautiful.
1: and it's a key. Our submission is a gift that we offer. Jesus offered it to God He was not coerced into doing it. It's a gift we offer. It's us imitating Jesus who modeled this submission. So we need to grant it to our husbands so that it gives them freedom to take on the role that they were designed to live. It takes strength to submit and it takes strength for a male to lead and take responsibility where he needs to. But we need to give them the permission to do that. Now, there's no instruction in the Bible for the man to make the wife submit it is a voluntary gift it has to happen because we love god and we trust him and we love each other and we want to serve each other and it's about growing spiritually in that very good theory
0: just reminder about uh, questions sorry if i've been sort of fiddling here that uh, there might be an error but i think i think they're starting to come through now so if you want to flick the questions up maybe if we can put the number up again uh, guys and just Maybe leave it up there just for a little while so that people can grab a hold of that. So what is the role of the husband? Um, Again, let's look at a few key scriptures. Ephesians 5.23, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of his church, his body for which he is the saviour. So the scripture says here, head. It uses that word headship, head. Um, He's the head of the wife, and we need to look at that word. Different theologians have different ideas about what this is all about here. I think essentially uh, it's all about having responsibility to bring life to the relationship is a a real good place to land on this one. If you literally think about it, the head provides guidance, leadership and life to the body and there is a reciprocal arrangement there. Um, If you think of the head of something, it it is leadership. It's a coach or somebody leading a business or a, a government and that simplest summary is you have a responsibility men have a responsibility to provide life so you're responsible 1 corinthians 11 says paul's talking he says the woman is is the glory of the man and i think that sort of gives the indication that the wife is a reflection of the man Uh, if she is flourishing doing well loving life now it's not always the case of course that these two things are exactly equal then you can probably look at a husband that is being a responsible head of that relationship that is providing life that is initiating and making sure that life is good um, and 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 really engaging in that relationship um, now you can't read that word head without reading the rest of the relationship what will that headship look like does it mean I'm in charge you better do what I say um, that I'm a king to be obeyed and you know it's a tragedy when when men use this scripture to to take some sort of line like you know listen woman you better you better obey me that's just not the heart of what this scripture is all about firstly it begins with we submit to each other then it says in verse 25 that uh, our headship we, we love in such a way as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Let's not mince words here. He loved, which is a reminder, but it was a radical servant love. We've got to be continually reminded by, of that. So while I believe husbands are clearly the head of their wives, it's played out. a sort of a, a, a beautiful, loving submission and love. In a real sense, the husband takes the responsibility before God to lovingly and humbly lead the wife. Now, if you took that to the extreme example, a husband may literally lay down his life for his wife. If you talk to any husband, they'll tell you, if somebody broke into your house at night and wanted to attack, any husband here would lay down their life. They would put themselves in front of that, that person and they would fight that's what they would do they would give life in that regard what's interesting is sometimes though we can't reduce that back sometimes the laying down of our life might be laying down the Xbox. sometimes the laying down of our life might actually simply be laying down the fishing trip or laying down that the sleep in or laying down a little bit of laziness Uh, we struggle with that level of laying down our life Now, does that mean we can't go on a fishing trip? We can't play Xbox? Of course, no, those things aren't aren't right. But it means, sometimes, it does mean that. Let it go so that your wife thrives. Hmm. And it's your responsibility to be thinking, has my wife, is she flourishing at the moment?
1: I think it's a really big call. We talk about this passage being controversial because wives have to submit to the men. But it says, submit to each other. And it says, husbands, as Christ lay down his life for the church. You right. are to lay down your life. I think that's a huge call. So we, are, we both have the challenge here of, of serving yep. in, in big ways. So we've explored how men and women are different. We fit together. We complement. We are designed that way. Let's explore these roles a little bit more. So a lot of this will be just common knowledge, but psychological testing has found again and again, you won't believe it, we're different. They've taken a lot of studies to prove that. But in a nutshell, generally, if, men, if we're heading towards the same goal, we've got, we've got a task, we've got a mission, generally, men will take a much more independent, straightforward, somewhat simplistic route to get to the end goal. Women will take maybe a little bit more complexity and a m- lot more relational in getting to that goal. So the men are kind of independent getting to that role, women are interdependent to getting into that role, generally.
0: So men are quicker, women are are slower, that's what I hear.
1: But the outcome may be uh, bring a team together with you. There is nothing wrong with that, Carl. When there is no one that is smarter, no one that is dumber, there's no one that's righter or wronger than that. (laughs) We all all reach the same place eventually.
0: Yep, so men are quicker, no, women are slower. Well, uh, not saying that. <laughs> All right, keep going.
1: But we have to, generally, independent, interdependent, men are, women are a lot more relational. Generally, again, these are generalizations because I know men who are, who are quite relational and, and use that path to get and, places. And vice versa. Absolutely. Um, but we have to, this is how God has designed us, but we have to live up to those traits. We need to submit those traits god when they're submitted to god they're beautiful and they work well and we work well in partnership but apart from god that can look like that male can look like alpha masculinity um, or individualism you know either way in uh, male or female can look very individualistic if they're if they're taking that route apart from god um, or clinging dependence any of those things are a a rejection of how god has made us to be we're not embracing the design that uh, that god has made for us So, on a more practical note, what does that interdependent, because that's how we're made and we need to embrace that, strong helper role look like in a marriage? Well, we're not going to tell you this is what a man should do, this is what a woman should do, and off you go, because the Bible doesn't say that. There's limited scriptures in the Bible about what a marriage should look like in terms of roles and responsibilities. But God does give us the blueprint, which we've been talking about, and then he leaves it us up to couples across ages, times, cultures, generations to work out what that means for each other. And it really is something that as a couple and as a family, you work towards together. And depending where you are on the spectrum with family history or culture or um, personality even, um, you need to take that into account when you're working out, all right, where do I need to add my strength to this relationship, I'm talking mainly to women here or when do I need to really submit in this area of my relationship? That will take some thinking through, and it will, it will be something that changes for different situations. For example, I am with the kids, mostly, out of the two of us, and I do have probably more of a relational bent. So I am with them, and I see some of the struggles they're going through, I see some of the issues that we're having parenting-wise, and so I'm a little bit more attuned to that. But I don't then attempt to go at every problem on my own. I bring that to Carl and we talk about, all right, what do we, how are we gonna attack this issue? How are we gonna deal with it? How are we gonna problem solve it? What should we do? Very much the dad needs to have a part to play in that um, problem solving. So we talk about it together and then we'll implement whatever it is that needs to happen. And um, that's how I bring my strength to that partnership. On the other hand, Carl, many years ago, decided that we needed to spend time every month looking at our finances. And I responded with great joy and gusto and enthusiasm and thought, that is a fabulous idea. Let's do that together.
0: And she does every month when when I raise it. She just loves that moment.
1: Surprisingly, honestly, they have been some of the most boring and yet (laughs) tension-filled times of our entire marriage. But because I knew... It was for the benefit of our family. And he vision-casted that to me, because he does that to me also at mm-hmm. home. Microphone, stage, <laughs> I sit there, <laughs> kidding. Conversation. And um, we worked out that, yes, all right, um, we, we do need to look at our finances. And I submitted to him. in that I didn't want to do it, but submitted. And I have to begrudgingly say that it, it has, he's been right. So um, it has been worth it, because it was for our family. And I, we're better at it now, aren't we? 18 years later. (laughs) But I've also learnt pretty quick, this is an important one, I also learnt pretty quick that um, our, our husbands, our men, live pretty thankless lives in terms of they don't get appreciated much in their work and the things that they're doing during the day, it's pretty rare that they would be thanked or appreciated in the stuff that they do. And, you know, no one loves my husband more than I do, and so it's my role to be his encourager, to be his builder-upperer, to give courage where I can. You know, there are plenty of people who are going to want to tear down our husbands. Um, Don't be one of them. Be his encourager, someone he loves to come home and spend time with. Build him up because probably no one else is doing that. And you'll reap rewards from that. That's not why we do it. But when you see your husband strengthening and flourishing... your marriage will
0: reap rewards. Yeah, and so on the parenting deal, this is often an area that Jess just will raise and talk about more, but maybe this is an example for for us and our family. I thought, she's right, we need to work on this area. So I went and did a a course that we were running in our church, somebody else ran it, and I went there for six weeks because I knew I've got a responsibility in this. And this is sort of what I mean, men, we've got to take the responsibility that is ours. There's actually been a couple of questions come in about, well, what does it look like for the man to cherish the wife? Another question is, what does it look like for that sort of um, agape love to to be played out um, into the marriage? So I guess we'll talk about that now. I actually think it's really similar for the bloke in a marriage. I think you sometimes will have to be, if it's servant leadership, sometimes the the male is going to need to be more of a servant because that's the way he's maybe more wired to take charge and be dominant and, and he's gotta to learn to be more of a servant. Some men need to be more of a loving husband that, uh, that takes responsibility though and steps up. And this is a challenge because we have different personalities or we've got different uh, fathers, we, we take on different roles because of the way we've been raised. And so this is why scripture is great because it challenges us on both ends of the spectrum. What does it look like? Here's just some some thoughts. I think as a as a as a husband, four areas that I would say you should be leading in. Firstly, in Jesus, in a relationship with God. Ask the question: Where are we? How are we going? Now, I don't think you've got to solve that question on your own. Just like Jess said, there's almost nothing worse than a, a dad going or a father going right. We're doing 30 minutes of devotions every morning. We're getting up at 6.30. We're reading through... We're starting off reading in Leviticus and, you know, this is just the way it's going to be, kids, and you're going to listen. I mean, that, that's, that's not the heart of this scripture. The right way would be, Jess, where are we at? What do you, where do you think we're at with our family? Here's some thoughts I've got. How can we work through that? What, 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 what are the kids up to? Do you think they'd understand this? And there's a conversation that's played out. So it's done in partnership. But I think men need to take responsibility and you need to continually be looking at uh, areas of your life for where your family's at spiritually. A lot could be said on that. Um, for your spouse, again, I think the simple question, is my spouse flourishing at the moment? So uh, asking that question, how, I ask the question, how is Jess doing? Again, it's not, our natural inclination to jump to that as men. I think we've got to take that responsibility. Uh, Finding ways of loving her. Uh, Again, these questions that have been coming in about how do we love, how do we cherish, I'd say if you weren't here last week, listen to the message Mm. of last week about love languages and and some of the Mm. the, the teaching we had on that. Uh, Initiate uh, date nights. Jess, we often laugh about this. One of my love languages is giving gifts and that is lowest on Jess's uh, register see. of, of loves. She just doesn't float her boat. Um, I've had to learn she just loves going out for a coffee and, and spending time. And uh, I ha- absolutely hate that. But we do it. I do it because she loves it. I like it too. So, you know, uh, that's, I think, simply a laying down of your life and, and learning to love each other in the way uh, that best suits each other. Um,
1: and Carl... Count- Carl does use that love language to bless me. And when you can recognise it, what he's trying to do, it's lovely. So he will often buy me <laughs> here, like a full-slice toaster to help our mornings go smoother. And I've
0: shared that before. It was a mistake. I've put it behind me. Don't buy an appliance, men, on Mother's Day, okay? It, it doesn't work. I thought it was a great idea. It was very efficient. Think how much faster we'll do breakfast? Nah.
1: But behind it is that. Sure.
0: ask the same questions for your family we'll move faster we've got some questions coming in um, also I think for work you know men am I being lazy am I providing for my family there's always situations where out of your own control you, you, you don't have a, a job for a season and, and that's a different kettle of fish but blokes we've got to ask that question am I providing life on the servant leadership end sometimes you've got to serve more. In my family, my parents are away, they're serving in Adelaide at the moment with churches down there, but probably easier to say that seeing as though they're not here. When I grew up, it was my mother who did the cooking, pretty much the cleaning at the end of the meal, ironing, the whole bit in the house. So I went into marriage just with that model. My, My dad's actually a fair bit better at that now, but so for Jess and I, this was like, I remember being shocked when she'd be like, okay, there's dishes to do over here together, you know. I was like, what, is that how this works? <laughs> and so, you know, we had to work through that. I actually had to work on being a servant, and I think uh, all of us blokes have to, have to do that. Also, you don't just serve in your jobs, in, the, in, the, in your language, in your attitude, and all those sorts of things. Okay, we got some questions now, so you can still ask uh some more questions maybe we'll kick off with this one um you know what i want to i don't want to miss a, f- a question that came in in the first service yeah. thought it was a great one just simply this quick question what about divorce
1: yeah and someone who's been divorced someone who's
0: been divorced and, and is that a terrible thing and how r- how what do we think do they, as a church yeah. i think that is a great question probably should have addressed it earlier in the series i'm actually going to take some time to address it next week but the summary is i think god has incredible grace for people that have been through divorce i want to acknowledge that i want to acknowledge how hard it is going through divorce it's a whole world of hurt that uh thankfully many of us don't don't know about and don't fully ever won't fully ever understand the other thing i'll say is i do believe there are times when divorce is not only biblical but i think it's right and uh and so let's just take the pressure off that if you have gone through a divorce we understand that because we're beating the drum here about stay together God yeah. is good you can do this but there are times when it might be the right thing and God gives us those indicators of what that's all about and we'll talk a bit about that next week just to address it fairly briefly okay so a question we know that what this was also addressed in the first service but worth addressing again we know that wives are meant to submit to the role of leadership of their husbands but what does a wife do if she strongly disagrees with the particular direction her husband is leading her through look i think firstly we all recognize we ultimately the ultimate authority is god and it's and it's his leading in our life so if what your husband is doing is unbiblical or it's illegal or it's immoral or it's unethical um, or it's just plain not good for your relationship with God then wives dig your heels in be a truth teller we talked about that last week that's when you're going to need to not be Mm. sort of I don't think even submission is right in those cases Mm. Uh, it's when you dig your heels in and say hey, I need to bring something to the relationship that matters well, at, this, at this time. right?
1: So, you know, husband is not above God. It's God first, and we need to serve him first. Yeah. So if there's something that is not lining up with Scripture and what you know to be true of God, yeah. then it's God first. I
0: certainly have had plenty of times where Jess has said, Carl, that, your attitude there, that's, even at that level, that's not right. I mean, that's what, if you talk about this word helper, I agree with Jess. It's, uh, it has the wrong connotations, but that's what... If we're in this together, that's what that partner would do, would bring a challenge and say, well, where, what's going on in your head at the moment? Mm. You know, sort that one through. You need to work your attitude out with God and and I need to be willing to, I guess, submit to that and, and hear that when it comes. So
1: I do think there are situations where that can kind of reach a stalemate, that, you know, no one's kind of giving in, and that happens, I think, quite often. And I think in those circumstances, that's when you might need to go to a... Trusted someone, so whether it be a pastor or a counselor, but go and get someone that can help you work through those situations and come to a to a good outcome, a good biblical, God honoring outcome. So, don't be afraid of getting help or asking for help at ever.
0: Okay, what do you do in our culture when the female is continually a stronger initiator and the husband is a quieter responder? To go, or? looking
1: at me. Um. I I think a conversation would, you know, I think nothing good really stems when we don't communicate. So if you can communicate and and bring that up with, and it might be the wife bringing it up with the husband initially and just having a conversation, you know, what can we do about this? Is there, uh, you know, are there times when you want to make decisions and I'm jumping in ahead or whatever it might be, but have a conversation about it and then maybe just... Again, serve each other in that. There might be times, as a woman, that you go, I really want to say something here, I'm just going to, I'm just going to not, and I'm just going to let my husband take the lead here, and, and, and that husband then needs to take a step and actually take the lead. But I don't think it's going to come just miraculously. You're going to have to talk about it, pray about it, talk about it together and work out, okay, we've got some things that aren't really quite working for us here, how can we change?
0: Yeah, okay. I, no, I think that was well answered i mean there's personalities as well there's nothing wrong with personalities it's just just checking yourself against scripture do i if i've got a personality that tends to be more serving is easier but taking responsibility is not then maybe i need to stretch myself and and it goes the other way Uh, another comment you know this is our opportunity to integrate these christ-like values so i think all of us are continually being stretched, whether it be patience or commitment or sensitivity or responsibility, we're always... And again,
1: being in the word, having uh, male friends, female friends that you are helping you with some of these struggles, all important, connect groups, all that stuff.
0: Okay, what happens for gender roles and child raising and what if the wife wants to return to work and the husband wants to take paternity leave and sort of swap those roles over?
1: I certainly think there's going to be times when a a couple might need to talk. I think it's very important that we don't model ourselves off our parents necessarily or the guys next door or this couple. You've got to do what works for you, and you have to be communicating about that. And you might have a season in your life where, yes, it's the right thing for the wife to go back to work full-time, the husband to stay home. I was talking to someone in the break who said that exact thing. The husband was uh, unwell, couldn't work full-time the wife could, she quite enjoyed it. They had young ones at home and they did that for a season and it really worked for them. They then renegotiated after a while and it looked a little bit different, but I think it has to be something that you come to an agreement. Um, you know, the, the man is designed to work, but being at home is not sitting doing nothing. You have a lot of work to do, but it just needs to work for your family.
0: Yeah, and I would just... The only thing I'd, I would say is because we're wired in general, females yeah. are better at the nurturing. In fact, a comment came in, that uh, apparently a study has shown that that nurturing of the female very important in the first year. Uh, that that makes a whole lot of sense. And I'd It
1: actually says the father then becomes very important in the second year, second or 12 months.
0: Maybe they meant later on in life, but anyway, but I- either way, you're really, really, I would push into that conversation about why you want to do that. I think there is something, the way the male is made, where yeah. it does them a lot of good to be providing for the family. I know that might sound sort of sexist, but I think it, it matters. So just be real careful. I'm not saying it's impossible, but really what's going on and is this the right yeah, thing? And, and as just say, uh, maybe you'll trial it for a little while. Um, what should a couple do if they're having issues deciding who should do the cooking or the cleaning? Um, there's some jokes coming yeah, in as is. well. There's, an, there's another joke, so. we are
1: laughing when I read their jokes.
0: Um, sorry, what should somebody do if they're having issues deciding who should do the cooking, the cleaning, the general house duties, and they can't come to a peaceful agreement? Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. The whole women stay in the kitchen and cook and all that, and. That's actually a fairly new development. That hasn't always been the case, and certainly across cultures that's not the case. So again, it needs to be something that you just work out together. Plenty of women like to go out and mow the lawn. And again, I was talking to someone before who said that she does the mowing all the time. And she does it because it's when her kids were really young, she could do it and it was headspace. She could be by herself. She was mowing. The kids were inside. and um, She loves it. She still does it many, many years later. And there's no problem with that. They work it out together and um, the husband does different things. So talking together.
0: Yeah, and I think on that one, if you, if, you know, that, that's the, the, the gist of that question sort of sounds like we can't agree on who will do what. And I would say, take it back a step and, mm-hmm. and learn how to serve each other. Um, just be just say, look, before we even go there, let's have a month where we just try and go back to the very beginning and outdo each other in the way and we that's serve. Good. You know. Yeah. And I, I think there's probably a, a need for that there. And perhaps you know, again there's never any shame in getting some help on any of these issues that we're going through.
1: Or getting a house cleaner. Let's keep me. Or getting a house
0: cleaner. Yep. And, and you know, the other thing, too, is your own children. I, I'm convinced that we treat our kids too nice, I think, especially, you know, uh, the kids are out, so I can't get attacked. But, you know, we, we, we were, you know, mums work so hard, and even dads, and we're running around and kids are playing Xbox. Yeah. Kids are part of the family, too. Mm. So they should be getting the clothes off the line and, and doing the vacuuming and being a part of the family unit alright um, um, we sort of enough. have answered that yep. are we right with most of those in there I think so okay.
1: shall we say that joke
0: Yeah. do you want to hear a joke you read it out
1: a friend asks how's your wife I said oh she's wonderful she's so beautiful the friend says God made her that way so you could love her I said and she's such a good cook and homemaker and the friend says yes God made her that way so you could love her I said, but there is just one thing, she's not real bright. The friend replied, yes, God made her that way so she could love you. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) I don't know who that serves better, that joke. (laughs)
0: just the comments come in the work of survival is not gender specific both sexes need to be capable of this and that's this is what Jess was saying earlier you go to a lot of cultures husband and the wife go out there together and they work in fields and they run shops and they you know it's the family unit working together it really is a bit of a modern concept that you know we're, we're so separate in the way we we look at life all right yep move on so a real key is understanding the other person understanding the strengths and the gifts that they bring we've already talked about the fact that Jess I think is more intuitive when it comes to our family and I've really learned just to go with her. I'm I'll be inclined just to work 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 just take the next task you know just keep going and Jess will say Carl we just need to do something as a family we need to have a holiday or or do whatever and I'm like okay well let's do it we make it work and in the middle of it I think man this was the right call so I'm just I've learned to go man that is an area that Jess has really got a good feel on and I just I just roll with it.
1: And I referred to the fact that Carl's good at our finances I thought I was good we thought I was good at finances going into our marriage and so it kind of landed with me. And after i had avoided it for six months, we realised that I wasn't good at finances. And so Carl, he really got involved and he just has a knack with money. I think he quite enjoys researching and all that. And he's saved us a lot of money and really served us well um, by his attention into that area. So
0: it's good. All right, so just where we're finishing up now, again, I just want to really say strongly, sometimes people sit up here, anybody, we can look like we got it all worked out must be perfect in that household far far from it we've certainly got our issues like anybody and anybody up here would say that um, and really we're all in good company together what we need I think it's nearly impossible to do a good marriage without the help of God I can't tell you the number of times in my own life I've gone through I've had a stinking attitude and I've read the scripture that morning and it's like God I said "Can you sort that out with Jess and the way what you're thinking and feeling at the moment not not on or the Holy Spirit has prompted that um, so we need God and his grace to be a part of it and that is what his gospel is all about uh, what is the gospel one way is saying this you are more broken than you realize at the core of you is more selfishness and mess than you probably first imagined and this means you need the grace of Jesus more than you realize and that is just so true in all areas of our life. But secondly, you're more loved than you realise. And what does that mean? Is that is love changes us, and that is powerful. And we can't say enough how much we'd say to people: reach out for that grace of God. Mm-hmm. You know, you might be streets apart in your agreement on issues and your trouble that you're going through. And I can't say today that there's a quick solution. But to be able to take the hand of your spouse and say, God, we need your grace at the moment. We're committed to this marriage, but you know that there's trouble here. But we need your grace and empowerment. You pray that prayer day in, day out. I just Mm. about guarantee that that you'll find breakthrough eventually. Maybe not quickly, but eventually because God loves marriages and he's for it. And he wants to give us grace uh, to, to do the work in our life so that's how we see that sacrifice come so I'd really say you know take the opportunity to you know, if, if you're a believer you, you've come into the relationship with Christ and we we just believe he changes the inclinations of your heart let's be honest sometimes how that works out in our flesh the Bible talks about is our flesh doesn't want to obey that because it's learned a lifetime of being selfish And so we have this conflict within us as Paul says we learn how to work it out into our into our being and that's the grace of God. So I'd encourage you listen to the whisper of your spirit God's spirit working in you and then teach yourself train yourself to be godly and let it work out into your life which is really what it's all about. All right that's a nice final text come in is you know a dvd available of today's message or talk we don't do dvds but always it's available online join our facebook page and we always post it uh catalyst church you can check it out on websites also go and see the resource center and they're great they'll help you out with that stuff too good all right here's one final uh, announcement just as we finish that is a little bit Sad this morning, but did want to uh, highlight Brian and Kirsten Trower that are in our service here uh, today. Just to let you know that we've done a, a massive journey with Brian and Kirsten and, and really the whole family. We've sponsored uh, the House of Love and been a part of that missionary journey and seeing the lives of children change. But uh, seasons happen in people's lives, and Brian and Kirsten actually live pretty much on the other side of Brisbane now that's just where uh, God has led them with work and their family situation and I think it takes some crazy amount of time to uh, even manage to get to this side of town to to be here at church that is life and of course you know where I'm leading Um, Brian gave me a call a little while back and said you know we love Catalyst we're so thankful for everything you've done but we need to you know really uh, make roots I guess as a family themselves on the other side of town and uh, and find a church over there and, and that's something that we obviously celebrate together. So I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Brian and Kirsten, they're not lost of course to the kingdom, they're going on, they're thriving but it's a somewhat sad day for our little church here in Ipswich and some other church over there in brisbane we will be celebrating when they receive uh, them into their fellowship but we're going to be praying for brian and kirsten at the end of the service so if you've been a part of their journey we just welcome you sort of to come to the front here and we'll put our hands on them and send them out and can we thank brian and kirsten for the way they've served our church and loved our church really bless you and we love you well can you pray yep. to finish us up
1: Father God, I thank you for how much you love us, how much you love us individually, you love our marriages and our families and our relationships in general. And Lord God, I thank you that you've given us the greatest model that we can model our lives on, and that is you and your son. And we just pray that we maybe can understand that a little bit better going from here today and that we might be able to just recognise the work that you've done in our lives and how you have laid down your lives for us Amen. and how we can then lay ourselves down for the people in our lives and serve each other more wholeheartedly than we have ever done before. And I just pray that you would then bring restoration, healing, flourishing, joy, love, wholeness into our relationships Amen. as we go Amen. forward. Lord, they're so important to you. And um, we thank you so much for your grace as we yeah. work it out. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Look, renovations are on, but community doesn't finish. I'd love you to go over and have a cup of coffee with each other.